¿Quieres pedo, güey? No, chale. Chale, chale, chale. ¿Quieres pedo? No, chale. chale. Ya sabes que a mí me vale. Me vale. ¿Quieres pedo? No, chale. Chale. Welcome to Suplexes and Cervezas with Chavo Guerrero Jr. I'm your host, Chavo Guerrero Jr. Hey everybody, welcome to Suplexes and Cerveza with me, Chavo Guerrero. Appreciate you guys tuning in today. Another beautiful day in Southern California. I'm getting ready to get out there and uh, hit some of these balls, these golf balls on the driving range and uh, hopefully straighten out this drive and and not suck. <laughs> I'm going to play some golf tomorrow and uh, I got to get out there and uh, practice, 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 you know. So what sucks about golf a lot of times is that, you know, with my lifestyle and my job, which is working out and training and staying fit, sometimes that's not always conducive to having a great golf swing. A big chest and big arms sometimes does not mean you hit the ball further. Sometimes it hinders your swing. So I'm always trying to balance working out and gaining muscle and leaning out with my golf swing and um, I know tough life poor me poor Chavo right <laughs> I hope your day is going as awesome as mine today I'm very happy to uh, have this next guest on the pod this guy he and I have uh, been up and down the road together and our families have been up and down the roads together for years and years I know you've heard that before but uh, but it's true with this wrestler, our, our families have been in the business from generations. And I, and I always say that his family is probably the greatest wrestling family of all time. And it's hard to say because of there are so many great families out there. And not to take away from anybody, but pound for pound, the amount of wrestlers that they've put on the map. That Samoan dynasty is right up there with the best, if not the best. So today, my guest is the one and only... Rikishi, a WWE Hall of Famer, one of many WWE Hall of Famers from the, the Samoan wrestling dynasty. All great guys. Just don't piss them off. <laughs> I always say that because like the Guerreros, we're uh, don't piss us off either, but we're not 300 pounds plus. Before we get started here, please hit that like button and that subscribe button to help the podcast keep going and bring you bigger and better guests. So thanks again for tuning in. And right now, on Suplexes and Cervezas, we got my boy, Rikishi. Yo, what's going on? My boy, Rikishi, is over here. Uh, Junior Fatu, man, what is going on, my brother? I miss you. Man. I miss you, bro. Are we, are we actually going to have a conversation, Shovel? <laughs> I think we're just going to keep giving you love to each other and say, I love you, I miss you. <laughs> and then just start uh, talking talk about burritos. I'll start talking about pineapples. <laughs> man, <laughs> I miss time. you a bunch, man. I just... Uh... And I'm just happy to be here, man, and be able to chop it up with you. I haven't seen you in a minute. You know, I've been seeing you busy out there uh, adapting to the, the Hollywood vibe. And so Trying, congratulations man. to that, man. Congratulations to the show, too, as well, man. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. And yeah. all listeners out there, uh, me and Rikishi go way back. Our families go mm. way back. And uh, uh, we've known each other for a long time and uh, have uh, 
you know, just shot, been up and down the road together. And uh, we just realized that we both got up from naps right now. <laughs> we're we're well, old. We book up naps. Going, oh, man, <laughs> we got to do this podcast. That's, that's like a freaking booking. <laughs> and, you you got to book yourself to take a nap now. Yeah. <laughs> You're not kidding, right? Well, you know, you, I do, just, you got like, you got like just, 25 kids. <laughs> oh, and, and counting, you know. You know, I realized, too, when uh, you reached out to me about uh, coming on the show, man. Yeah, you know our family's actually been connected for well over seventy-five years, man. You know, a from long... your pops to my uncle Afonsica to Peter Maivia. I mean, this yeah. is a long, a long relationship between the Guerreros and the dynasty, man. Bro, I'm just, I'm telling yeah. you right now, we, um, <laughs> the we, industry, uh, the industry is probably wondering when the hell these Mexicans and Samoans going to leave. <laughs> I know, I know, totally. All the, all the, all the white people are going. Hey, what are these brown guys doing? Taking over? <laughs> I'm, I'm always saying this: when you can outwork all of us. <laughs> exactly exactly bro i'm telling you i my the house i grew up in my my mom still owns it and uh, i'm redoing it for her i think we're gonna put it on the market and oh. back in the day there was no cell phones you know so my dad used to always do all of his business like you know in the garage he'd be yeah. doing the garage phone you know with a big long cord and sometimes you know he'd, he would write stuff on the wall he'd run out of paper write stuff on the wall or something so there's this little shelf where he would do like all his like work and stuff and scratched into the paint, and I'm not kidding. I have a picture of it. I got to show you. It says P Myvia, and and his number starts scratched in into the paint because he he had he was like a new number. He had to write it down. <laughs> there, that, that's some old school stuff, there, man. You know? No, for sure. No, man. Yeah. Wow. So, were you who? <laughs> How did you get started in this this business, dude? I, we've never talked about this as much as we've known each other, and I know that you're connected. Whatever. Who who was the first of the Samoan dynasty to really start in the wrestling business? Well, I it's actually Uncle Peter Maivia. Peter, Peter's uh, your yeah. uncle. Uh, yeah, he's he's actually my uncle. Uh, he's uh he's the brother of uh, Alvin Sika, you know. Okay. And, oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, but what happens? My my parent, my grandparents. Often Sika, uh, us parents, mm -hmm. uh, actually adopted Uncle Peter Maivia into oh, the wow. family, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, gotcha. you know, the first one to put the Samoans, to open the door actually for the industry was Uncle Peter. Mm. And then, you know, that trickled into Uncle Often Sika. Right. And which is Uncle Often Sika is uh, my mother, uh, older brothers. brothers. Older yeah. brothers. Ah. Okay. So my mother, other the siblings are the old. She's the oldest out of the girls, which right. is a total of nine, a total of ten siblings altogether in Hawaii's. Right. And so, nice. I actually fell into the industry, being trained underneath Afan Sika. Uh, oh, so it was, it yeah, it was myself, it was Big Sam, which was my partner at SST, oh. uh, Big Rodney Yokozuna. Yoku, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we were like that next generation. How about and TK you know? Tonga Kid? That's and, your older and, brother, younger brother, he, younger brother. Tonga Kid, he's my younger brother. And, you know, but he started before you, right? He actually started before me. Um, right. He was actually the youngest uh, pro wrestler to ever sell out the Madison Square Garden back right. in the day with, uh, you know, brother Jimmy Superfly Snuka. I know, I know. You know the Fijian, legendary himself. And so, uh, yeah, I was actually uh, still in school, man, because he broke into the business before me, right. you know, and uh, back in the day in San Francisco, California, you know, we, we were we were pretty living a rough life, like being on the streets. We were one of those kids that, 
you know, kind of just got into stuff. And yeah. being that my mother, you know, his brothers were in the industry. They, you know, they called their brothers up and say, hey, we want you to take these boys here, you know, because if not, we're going to find these kids six feet deep in the street, streets of San Francisco. Yeah. And, and so that said, and, and beat the shit out of these motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. hey, we, we got up. we got that, you know, we got that from yeah. uncle. And, then, you know, it was it. It was all like tough love for, you know, kind of straighten us out. You know, there's they were like that. If you guys are going to break my sister's heart, so we're going to beat the hell out of you boys out here. So, no. Yeah. So we kind of fell into it. He went first and he was there. He already started into the business. Tonga kid did. And I was still in school. And when I came out of school, you know, I, uh, my brother actually flew, flew me up there for that match for, uh, in the Madison square garden. Mm. So as an older brother, you know, I'm kind of, you know, nobody smart me up or not, right? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so I come over there, you know, my little brother's trying to show off to me, like, you know, I can see he got his draw and stuff. You know, it's like, you know, a bunch of $100 bills to me. Like, damn, man, you know, my little brother making money over here. Yeah. And so, you know, he put me up in a VIP in the Madison Square Garden. And dude, you know, I was amazed, it was sold out, you know, however many holds in the, in the garden. And soon as, you know, you know, he came out, you know, I'm looking, you know, I was just, yep. you know, mesmerized, like, wow. And he was you know, over, how, he over, was yeah. over as a kid. I remember yep. seeing the Tonga kid uh, going, wow. Like we, there was something about him. Like we, like he, he was a kid where he looked like a man, but it was a kid. Like we read, we reconnected to him, you know, He's 17 years old, Chavo. That's crazy. That's insane. The, so he comes out, dude. And I see him. But I was actually just looking at the crowd, you know, just like, you know, seeing them pop and just react towards my mm -hmm. brother. And then I, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I'm watching him go out there, do his things, you know, working with Piper and Orton and so forth. That's right. That's and keep right. in mind, he didn't have that much training. Right. He you just, know, yeah. he was just thrown in there during that time with Jimmy Snooker. Right. And it was then and there, you know, after we came back and old Arnold's Arnie's, uh, Arnold Skolin, you right. know, he's sitting there with a cigar. <laughs> he's yeah, giving out the advance, right? And the kid goes up there and he got, he got like a $5,000 advance. <laughs> a $5,000 advance. And right then and there, I was like, damn. I got to do this. You, you make this time, this type of money. And yeah. from there on, man, I got the itch. And uh, yeah. I actually didn't come back home. I called my mom and I told my mother, I'm going to stay up here with Uncle Alpha, you know, there in Hampton, Connecticut. And, and the rest was history, man. Wow. And I was, you know, and I, I, I don't even know if I even talked about that, but I know that the scar on your, uh, um, your stomach, you were like involved in the drive by right in San Francisco. Yeah. You know, um, I think it was, uh, damn, I think 1986. Wow. Um, I was, I was up, uh, I just left Uncle Alpha. I was training up there for mm -hmm. two months. So when I came back, I was every bit of like, you know, 280 stopped. Stat you know, yeah, yeah, I, I put on That's some weight. Samoan jacked, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I actually came over and, you know, to visit, a, you know, a friend of ours, a next door neighbor. And, uh, you know, standing there by the kitchen, bro. And, you know, I was going into the, to the refrigerator. Yeah, I had some some brownies and stuff. So I was getting a glass of milk. Mm. So I popped this refrigerator over and my left arm goes yeah. in to grab the milk. And I was on ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. Wow. I, I didn't know it was 
you know, it was there. All of a sudden, you know, we all hit the floor. And as we hit the floor, I spilled the gallon of milk on the floor. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you know, I'm sitting there and then I see blood coming through. I didn't even know I got hit. Wow. So blood started gushing with the milk. I could see it. And that's when I went into, you know, selling mode. <gasps> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I got hit. I don't even know what it was like. Was it a right. you know, machine gun or what? But I got hit by a 22. And oh, so they God. they called the freaking ambulance. And this is right down the street, maybe about 10 houses from where we live at. Mm -hmm. uh, they called the ambulance and, they, and uh, you know, the ambulance, ambulance came over. One of my uh, cousins ran and called my mother, you know, to bring her that, you know, I got hit, you know. Right, so they're right. trying to carry me down uh, these, you know, crooked steps. And the further I got down, you know, I was kind of losing, like, you know, starting to pass out. Yeah. And um, as, uh, as I got into the ambulance, you know, I'm starting to fade out. And the last thing I seen was my mother's face. Mm. And boom, I was out. I was out wow. and uh, they told me I was dead for three minutes, which was a shoot. Wow. Uh, I, was I didn't dead know for, that. I was dead for three minutes. And, uh, you know, I was in the hospital for two months. Uh, but I kicked out. And, you know, when you're laying in the hospital, Chavo, and, you know, you realize this, this is real something that, you know, I could have been gone and given a second yeah. chance to live. You know, I was already a religious kid anyway, but I was a bad religious kid. And that really, that really checked me from there, which I was 19 and my priorities came correct. Meaning that, you know, I wasn't, it was time for me to, you know, do what I was supposed to do, whatever that is, you know, right. given a second chance to live. And so, and so that that what is that, that that was that who said you know when you have uh you know i thank god man every day like i had no idea of this crazy business of professional wrestling you know this the smokes and mirrors of comes with the industry and had i had uh had i not have a close-knit family around me and always you know being around my uncles and you know those that paved the way before us it really, really helped me, you know, survive in this industry. And, you know, I, I just knew that I was blessed to give a second chance. It's time for me to go to work, you know? And so yeah. wow. here it is. Wow, man. dude, I didn't know that, man. That's crazy, man. You almost, you almost died or you died at 19 and then been killing towns ever since. <laughs> and look, you've been, killing yeah. the, you've been killing the crowds ever since. <laughs> Every single arena I go to, <laughs> and you know it's a weird, weird too. You know when uh, when Eki finally broke in, yeah, yeah, right. And Eki's first, Eki's name, Uma, Umaga, Umaga oh. was his youngest brother, right? Yes, him and him and uh, and Matthew, which right. was Rosie, right? Who's Roman Reigns' brother, older brother, right? But, Check this out. What was weird was when they when he came in, his first name as a tag team team was called Three Minutes. Mm, wow. Yeah. That's some weird shit, ain't it? I know, man. Three <laughs> minutes. That's right. Three minutes. I remember that one. Yeah. You know. Wow, that's crazy, man. So, so I'm 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 happy to, you know, I'm happy to see the family continue moving forward. You know, all the way from oh. my my kids to Roman and. The legacy go. I think we're 18 strong past president. And, well, I've and said it before, future. and and 
and, and people ask me, hey, who's the greatest wrestling family? And, you know, and there's so many great families out there. And I tell them, I got the the best, the greatest wrestling family, I believe, is the Samoan dynasty because there's so many of you guys that just keep going, keep going. And I I don't believe you get the the recognition that you guys deserve because how many WWE champions have you had? How many Hall of Famers mm. there? How many people in the business? I mean, it's 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 crazy to me like way more than anybody way more than the hearts way more than the guerreros way more than the orange way more than the mcmahons mm. everybody i'm telling you i think the simones are are the that's that dynasty is the greatest wrestling family out there man hey you know this too chavo you know you two coming from a big family right you know i want to set the record straight because i get a lot of, of these type of questions all the time meaning that you know just because we come from a family that's a uh, big family that's before us. It's a very co It's a very hard situation. Meaning, when we first broke in, we have our uncles, and so it's that that pressure. I know. <laughs> Knowing that how good my uncles were, like I, me and Sammy that's come right. in, like damn, do we want to do this, or are we as good as them, or big, what's going to happen, feel, bro? Big, big yeah. shoes to feel. And and what happens is you get. The, the door opens easier for you, but when you step through, they expect you to be as good as them, which is impossible. Yeah, and you know, and that's that's what I think, you know, what happened to us is that inside competition in the family, you mm -hmm. know, is you're going to step in, there's not only the pressure of the name you're carrying, there's not mm -hmm. only the pressure of the culture, of the family that comes with it, and then yourself dealing with how the business is. And so when, when we come through, it was every time we step through those ropes, you know, it, it's serious business for us. You know, maybe we not we might not be figured in, but damn it, my uncle's always told us, if they don't figure you in, you make noise with your action in the ring. You That's make noise. That's what they told me. They go, they be, you be so good that they have no choice but to push you and use you. That's how you get. Because we're what happens in this business, and, and a lot you see it. We see it because we were we were small guys in this this giant's business mm -hmm. that we had to ban. We had to be extra extra good. You know, and none of us are over six foot. None of the Guerreros are over six foot. And every in this business, especially like in my my dad's era, they were, mm -hmm. they were monsters. Everybody, you know, the seventies and eighties, you had to be six foot five, three hundred pounds just to All even right. make it through the door. So like you had to be extra good and that's what was explained to me when i first started eddie pulled me aside and he goes like hey man he goes i know you're 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 getting there keep pushing keep pushing he goes that right. talent is there cream always rises to the top mm. he goes just be patient it's there it's gonna come out because don't hey. listen to anybody don't listen to the haters because there's a lot of haters out there mm -hmm. and every one of us had it we my my dad's they said to my dad you'll never be as good as your as your father his uh, his brothers you'll never be as good as child was senior mm -hmm. to eddie they said you'll never be as good as your brothers to me they ever said you'll never be as good as as eddie and them and the and you're you you're who you are you come out and you and some we're all better at things than the other people mm -hmm. and worse at things than the other people so we're our own person and i uh, know that that's what you guys had to realize also that don't, this is your shoes other people's yeah. shoes now they may be the same style as the other shoes but it's they're your own shoes to fill you know yeah and so you know it's the pressure uh yeah, coming from a big family in the industry 
and you a know, good family, like great family. Everybody's yeah. great in that family. You, but every one of those Samoans can work. And you know, you know, and that's another thing that helps too. Can you imagine if you're in this big family in the industry, and we're all just all over the place, not on the same accord? Everybody's yeah. just, you know, that's different, right. hating on each other. You know, so you know, I really, really, you know, and thankful for our culture. When we came into this industry of professional wrestling, our culture as Samoans and Polynesian, you know, same thing like Lucha, like yeah. Latino, it, it grounds you, cements your feet to the ground where you don't easily get mixed up in the smokes and mirrors that comes with the industry. Before mm -hmm. nobody knows you, now they know you. Oh, but now your head done got wide and yeah. huge. Like you can't even talk to the next door neighbor no more that used to be your friend growing up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's those little in-between things that is very, very important for everyone to know that are wanting to come into this crazy industry of professional rest. It's a good industry, but it can only get as crazy and wild as you let it go to be, you know? That's so I'm, we're true. blessed to be from both sides of our family travel. I, we're, I'm grateful and I'm sure you are Absolutely. to be able to come and represent our family and we keep moving forward and keep, you know, keep training the new generation. You got cousins, nephews that are coming through and that's what we do. Well, I, I'm with <laughs> you on that, the same thing. And it's funny because, because thank God for our families, because not only did they teach us, but they kept us humble because there's yeah. other people, you know, like, Hey man, you're doing really great guy. You're so good. And you can easily get a big head. And then all of a sudden you'll have a match. And then when you're, you're, Family members will call you. Go, hey, man, that was the shits. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that, that's, that's the that's family sucked. member keeping it real, right? That's right. That's right. That's suck. They, right? they got to realize. Come. People yeah. got to realize when people come to you, uh, you know, say, that match was great, man. You killed it out there. Deep inside, you know this, devil. When you're walking back to the locker, uh, walking up that ramp, going to yeah. the locker, you know deep inside, you could have done better. That's right. But there's people you, that are yeah. telling you blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're taught you don't have to look for validation. Right. You know it yourself. And you know when you have a good match and when you don't have a good match. And remember mm -hmm. how, how, you know, everybody wants that that recognition from Vince McMahon as you come through the curtain and, you know, you yeah. want him to stand up and clap. Like, But it really just depends on what kind of mood he's in a lot of times. Because you could have a great match and he could just, like, give you a nod. So I got to the point at the end to where I was like, I wouldn't even really kind of look at him. I would just keep come in and, and do my thing because I knew when I had a good match and I knew when I didn't have a good match and I didn't need that validation from him anymore. Like I, like I used to, I would always come through that curtain when I first started and look at him, like, like, was that okay? Hey, was that okay? You know? And at the end, man, well, I was like, Hey dude, I'm good. I know. You know, that, you know, to be honest, that never really bothered me when I came through the curtains. You know, again, I'm going back to my my humble beginnings of my team. If I didn't need to get validation from my own uncles who brought right. me into the business, then it wasn't no biggie for me not to get validation from Vince. I, I was paid to do my job. I came in. I did the best. I don't know myself when I come through that curtain, I killed it. Or yeah, I know right. when I come through, it was the shits I could have done better. Right, right. Totally. So, No, that's true, man. I, you, so you're you're... Uncles, your uncles often seek up. Mm -hmm. They trained you. What was your first territory? I was actually in Connecticut. Uh, really? Yeah, because, uh, you know, Uncle Alpha and them, uh, 
were still in the WWF back in the day. Okay. So my training, you know, they do all these vignettes. If you go back, you see those old WWF DVDs that they, yeah, they should yeah. show. And so I used yeah, they to be keep like, every, they have everything, every footage. Yeah. Do they have all of that? Yeah. So you'll see me. I, 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 I was like a young, you know, uh, 19 year old kid, but I would be the extras. I would be in there and that that training, just being around all the guys you see on TV. But then, wait a minute. They, they don't act like how they're on TV. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And you're right. a young kid. Right. And right. then you see that, you know, you see like Andre the Giant and they're all, you know, just, you know, ribbing each other with the boys called ribs. Right. And then I see the, you know, I'm starting to see the birth of everything, how this thing works. So right. it was all that, you know, I really didn't have a territory to start. My territory was, you know, you know, running shows with my uncles after they left WWF. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, <laughs> dude, we built the ring, Jabo. We put up the ring, drive the ring truck. I, I did that so long. It's almost like I didn't want to, I didn't want to go in professional wrestling. Right. I was like, damn it. Is this, what does this have to do with, you know, right. going to train put and the pro ring wrestling? Up wrestle in it and tear it down and then yeah. drive it back yeah man and oh, so trust me yeah i remember my my actually you know first first time jumping in the ring was uh actually when i was there in uh, uh new haven connecticut and uncles mm. were still with the wwf back wow. in the day so it was a battle royal one of the boys didn't show up our home was right down the street from uh, new haven coliseum and uh i think it was uh chief j strongbow or Tony Korea, I think back in the day. Uh -huh. That's how long. That's how long Tony Korea has been, have been an agent yeah. over there. WWE. Back so, in the day, right? Yeah. So they came and uh, somebody didn't show up, and then uh, you know somehow my name popped up uh, while I was cleaning. You know, you know they trained me to walk in the dressing room. I fix all the seats. You know, green boy, green boy stuff. Right. You make sure all the seats is oh, there. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, I did the same thing. And then they threw the freak, and he said, "Hey." He gave me some tights and some knee pads. He said, you're going to be in a battle royal. So I had a little bit of knowledge of, of how it worked. You know, I kind of knew my fundamentals, how yeah. to take a bump, but that was it. I didn't know how to throw a punch. I didn't know how to throw a kick or not. Right. So I was supposed to uh, come right. in there number three and go out number four, right? So, that's <laughs> four. so I go in there, number three is 18,000 field people. Man, you you know that electricity. You know, you know when you come out there. They weren't cheering for me because they right. know who the hell I was. Right. But just to feel that energy when I was in the ring with Andre the Giant, Big John Studd, the Road Warriors, SD Jones, Renee Goulet. I mean, these are all Charlie Fulton. Oh wow, Dave, yeah, Some David legends. David Schultz. Wow, and I'm a young kid. Yeah, yeah, Kamala. Come and on, I'm wow. dude, so I get in there and then what, what I, name did you come in under? Uh, I, I this is a low far or something, some uh, some bullshit name that but they just <laughs> gave who knows. And next, right? and next yeah. to the ring, low far, you're like, <laughs> so I get in there, start yeah, running yeah. around. I, I was supposed to go out number four. As soon as it came to number four, I wouldn't go out because I was having too much fun. <laughs> so my uncles came number five, they came in there and just slapped the shit out of me. Boom. And threw me right out. <laughs> Get the hell out <laughs> yeah. of here. Yeah. And that was my debut. That was my first time. And once yeah. you get in a, you know, when you train it and you get in front of a live crowd. Right. I knew then that's, that's, that's what I wanted to do. It's that feeling that you I can know. never buy anywhere. 
You know, right. you, you got to be in that ring to be able to feel it. And that passion never left, you know, and there's, 30, there's 35 no drug, years there's later. No dr- there's no drug like it, man. Being in that ring and feeling after having a great match in front of a great, like a huge, great crowd. There's mm-hmm. no feeling like it. I don't care. And we're always chasing it. That's with wrestlers. Like we're always chasing that feeling because that's, it's crazy, man. It's one of those and, things. Like I used to dream about it afterwards and like have a great match. And I, I couldn't even sleep. I'd go to my, into my bed and I'd just be thinking uh, about the match. Like, wow. Now and that's, like, that's what makes <laughs> <You know, but, laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, good night. See you later. How was that match? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Good night. <laughs> but back was, that a good, day, was that a good match? Sure it was. Yeah. Have a yeah, good one. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Time yeah. for the nap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But that's what makes you great, man. Yeah. You know, you got to have that type of attitude in this industry. If you're in there just to flatline, you're just satisfied of how you're performing, then you'll never go to that next level, you know? Longevity, right. longevity, whatever apply to your career, professional wrestling, because pro wrestling can break you or it can make you huge, huge, huge. Hmm. That's uh, what mine. See, mine was just a little different because as a as a kid, you know, we had a wrestling ring in our backyard. So my hmm. grandfather, and my dad, we were already in the business, basically born into it. And we were already going to the, to the arenas and kind of, you know, yeah. seeing, setting things up. And I like, you know, my I grew up with Roddy Piper at the house and yeah. you know, all the guys, no masks. Like just normal for you, right? It was just it normal, felt just man. normal as a kid. Yeah, I didn't know anything. I didn't, you know, it's like they never had to smarten me up, anything. I they never told me anything, but I I just knew how it worked. And mm-hmm. you know, and just see my dad beat up and come home, and I knew that this thing's it's it's real. It may be entertainment, but it's real. Like these guys are yeah. crap at each other, especially back then, you know. Yeah, you know that that gravity don't sell for nothing. You know, when they pick you up to slam you, it's every better. If you don't know how to take that correct fall and hitting that three-quarter plywood and that steel post ring, you know, I don't give a damn how good you are. That damn ring wins every night. That's right. That's right. And then especially with you guys' size, that's what I say. Like a lot of people, like th- that, people ask me, how come, you know, you got, you wrestled for 20 plus years and you're, you know, you're still, you're, you're, your body's pretty good. And I go, you know, what would save me is that I'm not 300 pounds because your bones and my bones is the same. Our ligaments are the same. It just, you, you're 300 pounds falling every night, you know, and it, that's, you know, that's tough on your body, you know, 300 plus, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you know, and another thing is like, you know, when they ask me that, it's, it's, it's a technique. It's what was taught to us. Like we were taught to perfect that bump. That's you right. know, we knew what size, you know, they all, my uncle start look in front of you. When we look in front of that mirror and we see what type of size that person is in front of that mirror, automatically it's going to tell me how I need to bump. And that same right. technique 35 years later, it never changes. And so right. longevity and not to mention the smarts in there. There's okay. certain things that we let people do to us in the ring. There's certain things where they'll try. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, right. you, you hit the ropes. I'll be right <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You go over the top rope. I'll be the one throwing you over. See, those type of smarts I'll, in yeah. between. I'll come off and I'll give you I'll give you a splash. You're like, uh, I'll move. <laughs> no. Exactly. <laughs> it's not happening. You know, and a lot of times, like, you know, those that just, you know, the choices that they make in there, right. it's not just being a good athlete, but you have to be very, very smart that in ring in, in, in the squared circle and also outside of the squared circle. Especially because outside. If, yeah. if you're not oh, today, oh yeah. man, you better be you better be 10 times smart today with a lot of these social medias, Instagram, Twitter. I mean, nowadays, absolutely. Java, this, uh, we, we couldn't even film a damn thing in a locker room back in the day. 
That's right. That was just forbidden. Yeah. That's Nowadays, right. shit. You had a camera in the locker room, they would kick you out of the lock. Get the hell out of here. Now everybody's on their phone, and that's just what they do, you know? Yeah, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so the knowledge that we we have been blessed with from back in the day from, you know, our fathers, our uncles uh, that are no more, no longer here with more, those teachings there has right. stuck with us through the years. And look where we're at now. We are still, yeah. still grinding. We see it coming a mile away. And we can still outwork anybody else that wants to step to step up to us. That's true. That's but true. we don't have we don't have to go there no more. Right. And you know what's people ask me a lot of times, and I was talking to Fit Finley about this because he's a third generation wrestler also. Mm. And people were they asked me sometimes like like God, you know, Chow, how do you know that? Like, what, who taught you that? I, I don't know. I don't know who taught me that. I just I just know it, and I don't know how I know it. I just do. But that's 75, 85 years of wrestling mm. in their blood that's just instilled in you. So I'm sure there's a lot that you just learned somehow. You don't know how. No one actually ever said, okay, do this. You just, like, your instincts. Instincts. Yeah, right? It's 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 just your surroundings, Chavo, yeah. from back in the day. Like, it wasn't even taught you. If you see it every day, you hear it every day, you just know how it goes after, you know, and some, and some, some family members, you know, that decide to come into the industry, some get it, some don't. So not necessarily because we, who we are, meaning every single one of us is great. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, there's a lot of out of work, second and third generation wrestlers that are out of work that don't have, that never made it, you know, a lot. Yeah, I, right. I, I see that, man. And uh, so it's a lot of pressure, man. <laughs> you I, know? I don't know if you know this. My my very first WWE main event was me and Eddie against uh, you and Edge at a uh, at a house show, and that was our first main my first main event ever. Mm-hmm. At, I don't think in, in, in any company. And and for some, we were doing the Los Guerreros, you know, uh, Los Guerreros um, gimmick tag team, you know, light sheet steel. And yeah. uh, they attacked. You know, we wrestled well, you guys a hundred times. That was yeah. That's but, why I can't remember. We, yeah. we worked so many times. And, yeah. and every single one of the time we worked was great. That's right. You know? That's right. But it was a house show. And it was, I think, you, it was oh you and God. Edge. I bet you it was Edge. a lot of ribbon if it was a house oh, show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, for sure. But that was my very first main event, man, ever. That's pretty, uh, that's one of those that like, I, I just, it, I, I remember, I don't know what town it was, but I think I have my booking sheet somewhere still where I mm-hmm. wrote, you know, kind of, uh, you know, who the, um, I, I used to do that all the time hey. just to, to match the pay up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought for sure, man, fan event, we're gonna get paid great. And then I got my check. I'm like, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, owe the company money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Draw after my draw. I'm like, what do you mean I owe fifty bucks? But <laughs> <laughs> well, that was such a beautiful thing, you know, in this industry. You know, when we work against you guys, it's always what we call a night off. You know, right? But when you work against, when you come in the locker room, you see your name against somebody. And that somebody is just, just like, oh, man. Oh, shit. Yeah, I got to work tonight. I got to work tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was so, you know, every time that we got to mix it up, we be with you and Eddie or, you know, yeah. your pops and so forth. It's always it was that chemistry, man. It was that chemistry that just, we just messed together. And that's what you try to find in this industry. When you're working with certain people, you want to have that every night. But unfortunately, we don't get it every night because not everybody works like us. Right. No, it's true. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Now, you, basically, you've had a, in, uh, many gimmicks like I have. <laughs> Probably, I don't know if yeah. you know, but you've had a lot. You start off when you guys were the Samoan SWAT team. Total. I mean, I, we remember. I love that name. I was like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But you guys were killing. Was that 
your cousin? Was that Sam? That was Sam. Yeah, Sam, that's okay. that's Alpha's older son. Okay. Yeah. And you got yeah yeah you guys come I knew you guys would kill that and you were in WCW first right mm -hmm. with that. That's well, right. we actually uh, we <laughs> my uncle sent us all over before we even hit the scene of TV. We oh. went for, we went to Puerto Rico. We start. Oh, right. We, we won the right. belts in. <laughs> We won the belts in Puerto Rico. These green kids now, right? Right. So right. we win the belts back in the day. Kind of a little bit of big head kind of happened. Of course. They're like, oh shit, we got the damn tag team belts. We gonna make some money. That's all we chased was the money. Yeah. And when yeah, we got our freaking sure. paychecks, it was like, oh yeah, we made less than when we had the belts. <laughs> <laughs> we do the belts. And we don't need the belts. It's just heavy in our bags. So right. So we were there for like we were there. We 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 were out there for like two months. Um, and then was uh, we, was business good then. Business was then? good, you know, because man, Puerto Rico was a hot territory back then. Made hot, hot, hot. Like, man, those crowds were like, man, they they kill you. You got to stab you if you didn't watch it. It was one of the easiest crowds to work to, right? I love, yeah. You man. get out there, man. It's just, I mean, it was a good environment, you know, as far as in the arenas to work with. Uh, it was kind of rough to be able to outside living after the arena. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just you got to last that <laughs> was that 18 hours for the next book in the next following town. But, right, right. you know, and so we were there and it, it was, uh, you know, two months and then uh, we bounced out of there. And then we actually were, uh, I think we went to Montreal, Canada with Dino Bravo. Mm. Oh, okay. And so we worked up there for like, uh, I don't know, I think it was the late uh, eighty. 889 or something like that uh we were there from, for you go from warm to freezing right to cold yeah right, right. Yeah. you got to go wherever the money's go where it's supposed right. to be right right and so when you're in a different territory we went there to canada i think we were there for like a, a couple years and then we finally got a chance to get into which was our first uh international tv which was down with the von erics in uh dallas texas the sportatorium in uh, so, world-class championship wrestling, WCCW. World class, wow, right. With the Von Erics, too. That's awesome. And so when we came there, dude, that was the birth of the Samoan SWAT team. And uh, when we came there, do we watch the Von Erics on TV? Right. We've seen them. We don't know right. them personally. My right. uncles know, you know, the father and so forth. And so, you know, we knew that, you know, this was our time for the world to see us. And our main goal was to have the bigger companies that we were shooting for WWF, WWE. That's where we wanted to go. And so we were there for like three years, man. And, you know, 30 bucks a night, you know, traveling right. here and there, you know, I had like, <laughs> I had like a S 10 blazer, man, Chevy blazer. And my parents let me have it. And uh, I was making these towns and so forth. And, you know, back in the day, I would, I had my twin boys, which is who you see out there now. I used to lay that blazer down, Javel, and uh, I would get hotel blankets and lay it in the back because right. if you're making 30 bucks, I'd rather buy food for my kids and gas uh, versus I couldn't afford a hotel. Some nights we didn't eat, like, you know, me and my ex didn't eat. Yeah. And so, you know, we we humped it out. You know, it was plenty of times, like I told Sammy, I was ready to quit because I, was, I had a family early and I didn't so think I was going to make people it. Don't you know? Know, people don't they know. People they don't know that if you weren't like it, you know, like they think that every, all the wrestlers were millionaires you're on TV, made so much no. money. And back then they really didn't, you know, the top, top guys and maybe the WWE did, but you really, you didn't make a lot of money back then. And it's, I'm glad to see that it's changed a lot. And now people are actually doing well. And that's, mm -hmm. that's awesome. But really back in the day, I mean, I, 
you know, if you're watching, um, you know, Dwayne, uh, um, Dwayne Johnson's new show, Young Rock, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're showing the story of that. They were living in hotels and stuff, you know, another one of your family members, mm-hmm. you know, so they were living in hotels and, you know, just trying to make it. And you had money and then you didn't have money and you'd go to Japan and get some money and then you had no money. And yeah, man. Are, are we, are, you, you learn to make it work. Yeah. You know, and, you know, there was a lot of, you know, testing my, my, uh, testing you know, fortitude, my, my, <laughs> yeah. you know, my thoughts back in the day, do I want to yeah. do this? Because I'm looking, I got a family. Yeah. Do I want to put yeah. them through this? You know, I'm already suffering by myself, barely take care of myself. Right. But anyhow, so that, you know, you know, those, those sleepless nights when you look in the back and you see your kids there, you know, laid down for me, it's like, I, I gotta, I gotta make it. I have no choice. I gotta, you know, I can't have my kids be sleeping in ass them blazer right. for the rest of this, you know. And so that drive there, Chavo, just that's when me and Sammy came out. We talked about because he was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we just came on TV and just start fucking whooping everybody's ass. Right. I mean, it was that fire underneath that. There was no turning back for it. So we we got over so quick within a month there. They booked us against the Von Erics. Now we kind of know them, you know, coming through the locker room. But sure. during the day there, you know, we never really which, see which them. Which Von Erics? Kevin and Kerry? Kevin and Kerry. Okay, wow. Well, the, the, the two yeah, stiffest one. <laughs> the two stiffest one. And so when we get when we finally got with them, the angle starts. You know, Kerry's coming through my back. I mean, Kevin. Yep. He's actually coming through my back, and uh, Sammy sees him. He's getting ready to wail a chair on me. Mm-hmm. Now we've watched them hit people with chairs over there oh, in Texas, yeah. dude. They used to fuck people up. I know. Like it got to a point to where, you know, concussions and stuff like really can end your career. Absolutely. You know, they hit you wrong in the back of your head and your vertebrae it can kill you. It, it, it can kill you exactly. Yeah. So when Sammy seen that, and we and this is that, this is that part where we're hungry Samoans. Before he even got a chance to bring it, bring that chair down. Out of nowhere, Sammy just, I mean, whacked him with the damn another chair. <laughs> now, everybody in the locker rooms, when they seen that, we're just coming in. When they seen that, they for sure thought we were fired because right. we just beat up the boss's sons and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. So we come back in the locker room. Here comes uh, Kerry and Kevin. And we're sitting there and said, all right, if this, shit, if this shit jump off, yeah. you grab that chair. I'm going to grab this uh, this bat here beside me. And let's get it on, you know. Right, right. As soon as they came in, it was that pause, and all of a sudden, man, that was good shit, guys. That was good. And we it knew was. then, we knew then. Okay, these motherfuckers is real. This right up our alley. Then right. it was a crazy and boom. So we formed that relationship with the Von Erics. Before you know it, we were main event with them all over the place because they just like how we work, right? You know, being snug. So and so th- that that was there, and then uh, you know. Uh, years later, we got the call from uh, Paul Heyman, and Paul uh, was up there in NWA, mm. and you know we we still had to strap for for Texas, and we were supposed to be in Oklahoma uh, this one weekend, but instead we drove all the way to to Atlanta, Georgia, from Texas, uh. and uh, they were waiting for us to come to the show in Oklahoma. <laughs> if you you know what they turn on. We were on TV debuting for NWA, and yeah. the rest was history. By the time we came out, 
we got an offer from a contract for NWA and we were the first Paul Heyman cats uh, to really, you know, be with Paul wow. uh, back in the day. So we came back Bruce, and we did business. We dropped the belts sure. uh, to, uh, to, uh, to the Von Erics and then turned around, uh, went to uh, NWA. So in our mind, okay, we're one step. We were happy. Now we got some real money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're getting a weekly paycheck. So we can see, we can afford apartments now. Yeah, we can I afford, can, yeah, I, I can buy shoes for my kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so everything, you know, now you come home, you're kind of like, okay, this is kind of getting normal life now. You know, you got a place for your kids, your family, the refrigerator is full. I'm still doing what I love and blah, blah, blah. And I don't have to go too far now. So, but there was always that one thing, Java, because you know, back in the day, you see NWA, I mean, NWA, then you see WWF. And as you can always see that WWF, is, this is the show. That's right. This always. is the show. They were always the NFL, man. The NFL of, of the big leagues, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we sat there, we were happy that we got contracts, like two year contract, but we were already plotting. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to be here two years and then just, you know, let's make two years of getting over. Let's make a name for ourselves here. That way, right. by the time, you know, WWE sees us, we got some type of value. We can, you know, kind of call our own number or at least have some type of, you know, negotiations when we come through with WWE. Right. And, uh, you know, when, when that, when that time came, man, you know, we stepped through, it was easy because now uncle Alpha stepped in the picture. Mm. And once uncle Alpha stepped in the picture, it was an easy cut and dry deal because he had that good relationship with Vince. He had that stroke too, right? He had that stroke. He had that stroke. Yeah. But it, here's the, here's the other part. The other part is he was bringing in a bunch of young horses because we were still young, 20, early 20s. He was bringing a bunch of young horses that was primed and that was ready to be able to dance with anybody in the company. And so longevity applies to that, you know? Uh, and, yeah. and so by the time we came through, you know, it's just, it was just a matter of just, you know, you know, keeping your nose clean and don't get caught up with, you know, with all the bullshit outside of professional wrestling, you it's know, very easy to do. Yeah. And then that locker room etiquette, you know, yeah. you know, we, yeah. we sit in the corner and just kind of smile at everybody, but you can kind of see all the shit happening in front of your eyes. Oh yeah. No, for sure. Politics, bro. That's a politics in, in, uh, in pro wrestling. A lot of people don't know that's there, but, um, and also like we're on the road all the time. And what people don't understand is that because we're on the road 300 days a year. And back then was probably more mm-hmm. that you're always in a hotel room. You're always, so if you really, if you just sat in a hotel room all the time, you'd go, you'd go crazy. You know, yeah. I'm not saying you have to go out and party all the time, but you know, you go down and go grab something to eat. You got to get out, you hang with your boys, yeah. you know, and, and, and if you don't, then you're, it's that's it's just a tough life. It's a tough, it's a lonely life, anyways. That's what we're always with together with the guys, you know. Yeah, hey, <laughs> you know it is. It's like you know whether we like it or not. It's a second family out there. It really is. It really we is. see each other every day. You know they talk about different hotels, be it expensive or cheap hotel. The hallways, a hallway. It's just yeah. other ones are cleaner, other ones are dirty. That's right. But you see the same person and. We were always taught it's not how much money you make on the road, it's how much you save. That's right. Absolutely. And so, you know, that OG knowledge, and, you know, being taught and coming back from family members, 
it really, really, you know, for me, I can say it really helped my career. Good. And so now full circle around, you know, here I am, 55 and alive. And my passion now is just to be able to train kids, you know, to get it. I let them know that, you know, the kids like, man, you guys have so much opportunity right now. It's so easy for you kids right now. All you got to do is master the craft and understands the ins and outs and you're golden. You know, yeah. <clears throat> so now when do the head shrinkers come into into play? Because you, you're part of the head shrinkers also. Yeah, well, SST ended right there in NWA uh-huh. when we left to go to uh, to New York. That was the birth of uh, the head shrinkers with oh, Uncle okay. Alpha. Right, the head shrinkers. Okay. Yeah, and so the, I, I believe the head shrinkers. I can't remember time. I think it ran for like three years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or a couple of years, and then, and then for the, head the fiasco. The, yeah, well, then after Frank, the, the head shrinkers, shrink, then you're the Sultan, right? You're the Sultan for a while. I no, I, actually, the head shrinkers. Uh, yeah. What happened? Uh, they let uh, Sammy. Uh, they let Sammy go. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Uncle Alpha left, and now I was there. You know, for some reason they they decided to keep me. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, were you doing the make a difference? Well, that here's what happened because mm-hmm. now the head shrinkers are put on the shelf now. And right. so they try to repackage the head shrinker with me and a barbarian. Oh, boy. and they yeah. brought, they brought in, you know, Captain Lou, mm-hmm. you know, to be a uh, part of that. Uh, but it just, you know, you know how that is when you <laughs> it's re- not try like to original, re- bro. It's not you, the original. You can't. I guess they were just trying to. You know, keep me working because they were paying me weekly anyways. They wanted me to earn that paycheck. Yeah, yeah. Totally. But it didn't that didn't last too long. You know, uh me and Barb, we messed together, but it wasn't like how we I messed with Sammy. And it's different you know, because you guys aren't um you weren't like blood related, right? Yeah, we're we, yes. Uh, you know, again, I wasn't really around barbarian. Right. You know what I mean? And so I didn't know, yeah, I kind of know how he worked, but you know, it's that feeling like I had to call every. We had to call everything to communicate with Sammy. Right. With Sammy, I'm sure like you and Eddie, you just look oh, at yeah. each other. You see his ring That's awareness true. where he's at. He don't even have to. I don't even have to call it. He don't have to call it. I already know where to go. And exactly. So, that's and that's so, people. Like, people would ask always with me and Eddie, like, "Gosh, you guys are good. How did you know?" And I go, "Man, we instinct, we've been doing yeah. this since we were kids. Like we grew up together. But I know what he's thinking. He knows what I'm thinking. I remember one time we were, we wrestling him. I think we were seeing uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio, and he's he's choking like Edge on the rope across the ring. And usually Eddie would never just leave him and like tag me out. This time I don't know why he he he's choking uh, Edge. Uh, the referee is looking at Ray. Edge uh, Eddie roll leaves Edge there, rolls to me, tags me. I do like a flip in and go right to Edge, and Edge kind of looks up and goes, "When did you get in the ring?" Like he had no clue. He thought it was still Eddie. Mm-hmm. And even the referee turns around, and he's like, "When did that happen?" You know, because we just knew like it was that was not a spot that was not caught. It just happened. Like I just knew. Mm-hmm. He knew. It's crazy, right? That sixth sense. That's that backyard spots for growing up as kids. Yeah, that, man. That, that instincts, you know. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm sure your 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 boys got it. Your boys together have it, you know. Yeah. So, you know, so me and Barb, we didn't last that long, so they would put it on the shelf. And then after that, uh, you know, it goes back to creative control and let's find something right. for this kid. Right. He's, exactly. he's he's a good kid. We want like to leave him around. Blah blah. 
Throw some shit against the wall and see if it see sticks. If it, see if it sticks, right? I got some see if it sticks moments. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's like, you know, I was already kind of going downhill because now, you know, my family members that was with me right. are no longer in the, you know, with me in the company. Right. So now it's like, okay, now I'm by myself. Now what do, what do I do next? For me, the most important thing for me, Chavo, was to keep a paycheck coming Absolutely. through every that that was the that was the most important thing other than other stuff that comes with the industry the characters i already was confident that i can make any character stick it's just a point I'll, I'll do my job whether the company will do their job of pushing it right and so we you know i went to something about you know was what i thought you know i i felt well why don't i try to do this what really happened to me which was going back to the gunshot trying to make a difference <laughs> i thought of you know coming out as a baby face and just trying to do something like a positive message let let what happened to me right. you know be that right uh you know right. lesson for and that came became out it be you know i was with it but just the way how it was it was it wasn't no fire behind it right they didn't they didn't, they didn't put no gas behind it through the company so i kind of just fell in the shuffle no, you know? yeah, I hear it. Yeah. And then boom. You, you, you did I remember that gimmick. You did make a difference. You made a difference on my eyes. You made them hurt. <laughs> <laughs> they hurt my damn eyes putting a damn costume on. You know, when no, they man, came I, I, I was like the first that. doink. <laughs> I remember seeing that and going like um, all right, let's see what this was. And it wasn't like there was there was no steam behind it. I remember seeing that yeah. and kind of going like, all right, well, you were still the same guy, it just you're going from before a this this savage, savage yeah and then all of a sudden to make you know positive and just you know hit it you try you know yeah. what it is. you just try to make it work and trust me i got i got curl and white stuff <laughs> you just yeah. try to make it work dude as about hey what was it a work was we was getting paid every week that's right, right? that's right yeah and so you either do it and, and and to the best of your ability or you say no and get fired that's right. kind of what it is you know and so i i came from from you know making the difference that fell through right and then next year you know you know still on the contract uh it was weird because every time that i would uh you know go into a different character you know it was like my my 90 days clause was coming up right. you know which was cool because when they flop now i'm just sitting at home getting paid and you know i was one of those guys i would never call the office hey do you have something for me there's you know, I was in a locker room with Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons just to tell me, just, hey, kid, just lay low. Don't call them people and bother them people for a damn character. You're getting paid every damn week, ain't you? I said, yes, sir. He says, all right, go ahead and just enjoy it. Just stay out of their way. Let them, let, them, let them do their thing. So anyways, they finally, I guess it was ready. I was in Memphis, Tennessee. I, I had, I've been off for a minute from uh, 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 doing the, uh, the Sultan deal when that flopped after the make a difference. So I was in Tennessee and I, I liked I, that Sultan though. The Sultan was cool. I thought it was, I, I remember that the mask, you couldn't see your face and like, uh, that was, I thought it was really cool. You know, that, that character Chavo, I thought that was going to be the one to take me in meaning yeah. a main yeah. event player into the, you know, yeah. uh, that name that go into worldwide household. But again, you know, in this industry, timing is everything. You know, that idea came from Vince McMahon and we all know if Vince, you know, comes up with a character, he's going to make sure it gets over. That's right. And 
during that time, I believe uh, uh, Bret Hart uh, was switching. Mm -hmm. He was a babyface and he was turning heel. And, you know, I was already starting to work an angle with the Patriot. A guy oh, from yeah. the Middle East. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, Del, Del, what? Del Wilkes. Del Wilkes. And so they stuck yeah. me with Sheik and uh, Bob Becker. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, <laughs> cheeky baby! So, hey, oh got man, some gimmick for the chic. <laughs> oh, nonstop, boy. And so, yeah. and so, you know, when that time came, where, you know, with the Sultan, get ready to, you know, run a deal with, uh, uh, with the Patriot. Brett switches heel. Mm. So when Brett switches heel, that top slot for me, that's right. I lost that. He's the top, yeah, for sure. So I was killing people for two months nonstop on TV. Right. And then when, when Brett switched, they put me against uh, uh, the Patriot mm. and they killed me in the matter like that. Boom. Yeah. Soon as they killed me, I was back on the shelf at home. So while I was at home, this is, I signed a four year deal. And during the 90 days coming close, it's going to be closed. They sent me to Memphis. And when I went to Memphis, I actually met Kurt Angle there. Oh, really? That's, that's what Kurt Angle there. And Kurt was like, um, uh, he just started. He's been working. Uh, you know, they had him training there in Memphis. And when I came in, I danced. Uh, I danced with Kurt, meaning I worked with Kurt on TV. And keep in mind, Bruce Pritchard and those guys off. They haven't seen me in a while. And when I came through, man, I was every bit of four twenty-five. Who's I was 425, but I was still light on my feet, you know? Wow. And uh, when that happened, after I worked with Kurt Angle, you know, we had a good match together. I was flying all over the place for Kurt at that size. But, I, you know, you go out there and you make the new talent, you know? That's right. And when I came back, you know, Bruce came to me, Bruce Pritchard, and he just kind of dropped a seed in my ear and, you know, mentioned that, you know, that Vince want to talk to me. They got an idea. That, that mature Samoan ass kicked in, <laughs> right? You're damn and then, right. And then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, I, I, trust me. I've I, I so, seen it. But yeah. So, you know, now I, I had one strike would make a difference, right? Mm. And then I come back with the Sultan. There was another ball drop. I had three times now. Okay, what's what's this one now? Yeah. And then finally when we went through and uh, they kind of, you know, uh, the birth of the Rikishi character, you know, I, I was kind of like, uh, I was iffy at first, Chavo, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to be honest, because, you know, I didn't want to, you know, do a rip off of my, my cousin at Yoko. Right. You know, Yokozuna, your, your cousin, right. And, yeah. Right. Uh, who was, <laughs> who was over, over. Yeah. The, the mighty one. Yes, and, man. uh, you know, when we got there and, you know, Vince talked, talked to me about and, and Bruce like they've always wanted to do this character with Yoko but he wanted to do it to where he wanted the real sumo you know uh, gear right. meaning butts out and stuff like that you know like a shoot right. shoot type of uh, a sumo now for me here's where my old school you know I've been through it now I, I figured this game out right. my, my sole focus Kishi 90 days your, your contract's up they're coming to you with another opportunity. How are we going to play this game? That's right. And so I'm looking at what I got at home. You know, I'm looking at my kids at home. I got more kids now. I got to do what I got to do 
keep this thing going in the back of the nest. Those, those were my drive and my focus. And I believed in my work to where they put anything in front of me. I'm going to make it work as long as they do their part and put fire behind it. That's right. Here comes that other opportunity, Chavo. I get in there, we see the character. I looked at the join. And then I put them on ice because I seen the thong. I seen everything hanging out. Mm-hmm. I put them on ice and said, give me a week to think about this and I'll get back to you. So I go home. I set my family down and, you know, my kids were in high school back in the day. Mm-hmm. I had some in elementary. You know how ruthless kids can be at school. They talk about each other's parents. and That's right. Blah, blah. So I just had that, that talk, you know, listen, I got a chance to get resigned but not on a new character. Right. And this is what this, so I pull out, you know, how they used to draw those drawings. Yeah. I, Dad, that's a thong. <laughs> You're wearing a the exactly. thong, 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 thong. Here's my, here's my new song. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. I pull it out. You know, I sit there and say, man, all right. You know, it wasn't even, not really a discussion. You can tell. It's all good. You know, they got up it. to you. We're they good. Understood. Yeah. Let's just, yeah, this is, this is wrestling. Let's make it Again, work. Those same same thing how we grew up. They've been around it all their life. They've seen their followers, different characters, different, you know, the kids at home. So they see that every, just like how we did with our parents right. and our uncles. So it was a no-brainer, you know. So once I got that to where it was, you know, you know, solid, you know, feedback, in my mind before I called these people, like, I'm on, this is it. This was my last chance. That I felt if this thing here doesn't work for for me, I'm I'm done. Mm-hmm. Meaning there's no more, you know, there's no more, you know, I'm kind of burnt out. That's what right. it was, you know. Sure. And when that happened, man, Tavo, they gave me the, you know, they gave me the drawing, and then I kind of just wanted the few things different. I wanted the blonde hair to kind of separate myself. That from, was your uh, that was your idea, the blonde hair? Yeah. Okay. I told them I want the blonde hair and separate myself from you know, from Yoko, from looking alike, right? You know that, and then I didn't have no, you know, problem wearing the, the thong. You know right. what I mean? And sure. then, uh, you know, uh, adding in the dance and stuff like that. I thought because I used to dance in the, back in the day in the Pier Thirty Nine in the Bay Area, right? I, I used to dance for money back in the day, and right, so yeah. that you got, you got rhythm. You, got, you can tell you got rhythm out there. So, right. so for me, it was like you know, I gotta, I gotta beat them. And then entertain the fans. Right. And so, you know, that's what happened there. It kind of, uh, you know, we got stuck together with uh, Too Cool. That's right. And that was kind of funny because you have two white boys with a Saborn, bleach blonde Saborn cat, 400 pounds. You know, and then we out there, you don't see that. You know what I, I mean? Know. And when we uh, got the opportunity, I think it was Sunday Night Heat, the other show they had back in the day. We did like a dark match. Uh-huh. Where me, me, Scotty, and they just threw us out there. Dude, when we came out there, now nobody's seen me with this this new gimmick on, you know. Uh-huh. And it was so much built up to me, like, damn man, you know, you know, if the fans don't like you, they'll let you know. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. And when I came out, they kind of knew it was me because you know they see it was my face, it was me, but what I was wearing, right. Right. And when I got in that corner, man, and I took that damn uh, sumo skirt off. Yeah. You can almost hear the old arena go, whoa. Ah, 
Right. What the hell? That vibe. <laughs> right. It's like the arena got hot. You can hear a damn penny yeah. drop on the ground. Right. right. And so I, said, I was like, okay, I got their attention now. In my mind, I wasn't going to change the way I work. Right. I was still going to work head shrinker style, meaning vicious, get out there and just annihilate. But I wanted to also show that a 400 pound, 25 pound, pound man can also keep move light on his feet. Super kicking mofo out there. Right. right. Part yeah. of you getting over if you're coming like this is That's it right. for me. This is my last character and I'm going to bring everything I got. And so, you know, that first time we came up, did the Sunday night heat. I don't think I was there on Sunday night for like two weeks. Before you know it, they, you know, I was on Monday Night Raw and they just start to, you know, you can feel it. As soon as we got on Monday Night Raw, automatically the fans would just start, they caught on fire, you know. Was the dance you know? right there? Was it already with the lights out and stuff? Did that evolve? Oh, that evolved. Hey, we, we added all, you know, on the house shows, we right. tried different things on the house shows. And then it we bring so it so good. It was so good. I remember watching that because we were in WCW and watching it. That's when the attitude era started getting over. And because right. uh, at first we were, you know, kind of beating WWF's butt for a while. And mm -hmm. then attitude changed. You guys started doing all the shock TV and you guys came out with too cool. And I was like, oh man, here it goes, man. Yeah, it, it was just, a, I, you know, I was like, okay, <laughs> WCW, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> You know, it, like, it, yeah, it was like a pretty cool, you know, pretty cool trio, man. You know, oh, what I mean, we so had so good, so and that, when you became entertaining, bro, yeah. that's when you hooked them all because you could already work, and then all of a sudden you guys became super entertaining. You made them, you made them laugh, right? Like, like enjoy. They enjoyed. They entertained them. That was over. So what happened to me and Eddie? We were heels, and they hated us. They hated us. So we didn't change our style at all, right? Except those vignettes <laughs> aired, those light cheat steel vignettes aired. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, from one week to the next, we were heels, mm -hmm. and next week we were baby faces. And it was Eddie, because it was entertaining. It was, it entertaining. was exciting. They already knew you guys can work, but we right. were just looking for that. And really, that was just you guys going, just being you. That's just right. going doing doing your daily thing. The stuff man, that you know? we were doing backstage. Yeah. And <laughs> as we as we walked back, we walked out, man. And all of a sudden they cheered us. Me and Eddie looked at each other and uh, went, Oh shit, we're baby faces. Oh man. All right, do, let's do, do this. You know, do you ever have that conversation like with people that are in uh, creative control that are writing the storylines, like how they put different people with the different talent? You know, and so when the when they had the different talent uh, uh creative people come to us back in the day. I've been through so much that I've learned to take control. Absolutely. You know, I had the one guy before I was talking to somebody else, you know, running our storylines and blah, blah, blah. And I give my input. Next, thing you know, another guy came to me and I asked him, what's your name? He says, oh, I'm who, who, but I'm the new guy that's writing for you. I said, you ever watch professional wrestling? Have you ever watched me wrestle? He says, no. I said, well, you won't be writing for me. <laughs> yeah, right. Smart. You know, I, I would never said anything like that. Back right. in the day, because, you know, I'm just starting. I want right. to. But as you go through, you know, the different, you know, stuff uh, in the industry, different characters, trying to find it, they, you learn to really, like, take control and understand, like, you know, you deserve this right. right. I have a voice in there because your ass is not the one out there taking the bumps. I'm the one that's out there taking the bumps. So if I'm out there doing the work, but damn it, I should have at least 99 percent. I of the say so and the one percent right. would come from miss mcmahon that's right 
And what's you know? cool about that is that you know that if it if it falls flat, hey, okay, I can I can yeah. blame myself. But you know what's going to get over and what's not going to get over. As long as the company will get behind it and give just give you that little push, that's all you need is that little wow. bit. Just give me a chance. Let me <laughs> give me let me get this over. Right? You, you know if they if they if they come up with something and shit and shit uh, goes good, yeah. they'll take the credit. Right. But if shit goes bad, oh, you there's no way to be found. <laughs> sure. No, the heat it's comes on. on the heat comes on to you. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah. I was like, okay, man. So, you know, during the Rikishi character, as that run, you know, start going as a baby face, they, you know, they broke me off from uh from that trio and had yeah. me in the singles and so forth. I was starting to get some real good steam of Chavo. So confident wise, I said, okay, man, this is this is starting to fall right in place now, you know? Right. And then uh, you know, to be able to uh, you know, dance with the greats of The Rock, or Stone Cold, you know, Undertaker, Triple H, uh, right. Kurt Angle, Edge. Now my schedule and my booking involves all these guys here. Right. So, you know, so you, you know, you know how that feeling is. All right, now I'm damn figured in now. Right. You know what I mean? And then now, uh, now where did the stink face come into play? Oh. A house show, because because I took it, that it, shit about about a hundred times, about a thousand times. So, so let me let me take the stink face was actually a rib. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first got that character, you kind of know who your real friends are in this industry. <laughs> yeah, you do. Right. So I, I'm walking by with this whole character. Keep in mind, a lot of you know guys are. The boys haven't seen me in a minute. I've been gone for a while. So I come through and they see me walking down, you know, Terry's, you know, trying to fix my thong and fix all my gear. But I'm walking through and you know how the boys hang out in the on, on the hallway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You 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 can hear a couple of, you know, you can feel it like that. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh <laughs> okay. You know, so so they think it's a joke, right? Right. And so, you know. I said, I'm like, okay, I got okay. it. I, I got like, it. That one. <laughs> yeah. That I start I start picking them out, Oos. Yeah. I yeah. start picking them out. And so they put me against, you know, those uh job matches with the uh, guys that uh helped me, you know, get me over on TV, right? Right. Dude, I was start to lay them in there on those guys, right? Yeah. Um, so I knew then that's gonna be my weapon. That's going to be my comeback to all these motherfuckers that kind of smirk and talk shit behind my yeah. back. No, but as soon as they see me on TV, start killing them with the stink face. They knew shit was about ready to happen now. So whenever I knew like, I'm working hey, with somebody, it changed different. It changed, it changed real quick, man. Yeah. Can you see that man? That, that's, that's great, man. You, your gimmick is hot. Blah, blah. That's awesome. Yeah. like, <laughs> All right, motherfucker, you're one of those guys that smirk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, so any, right. so anyhow, the the you know that was that at TV. But the birth of the stink face when I uh, first done it was actually against the boss man, Ray Trailer, and it happened uh, on. Yeah. I was so good. I, I you know what I want to give him credit, and I said this before uh, that you know when we worked the house show, you know you can relax, Java, at a house show when you're working with somebody. Right. And Big Ray, man, was so smooth. He right? was so good. You can barely feel guys. Those are guys you want to yeah. work with all the time. Absolutely. absolutely. So he took a bump. I don't know what he did. Uh, I did something to him, a clothesline or something. 
but he took a bump in the corner with stink face position, uh, yeah. position, what it's called today. And I'm actually looking the opposite way. And all I can hear is like, you know, 15,000 sold out in Mobile, Alabama. And all I can hear is some voice, turn around and stick your butt in his face. <laughs> and I'm, that's where that slow look come from, where I'm turning. Yeah, because right. I can't hear it. So it must be at front row. Right. And I'm turning around trying to find it. And as I turn around, like I'm looking and I'm looking at rate, you know, your instinct, you can hear it. That's right. That, that pop is starting to rise. Yeah, that's right. So and then I turn it and I, I took one step. Chavo, it got louder. <laughs> I took another step and now I caught on to it. I was like, I was trying to walk fast. I was like, slow down, motherfucker. They're yeah, coming. Slow down, slow down. <laughs> take your time. Hey, take your time. Take, oh, you can bet you I walked like a damn turtle over there. <laughs> By the time I got there, and it was just off the roof now. It, it was yeah. the loudest, loudest pop I've ever heard in my career. Wow. And when I turned around, all I can hear was this voice from Ray Trailer. Turn around, baby. We got him now. We got him now. Oh. Go ahead and stick that booty in my face. Stick that booty in my face. <laughs> and I dropped it on. I said, I've never done it before. Right. And I said, okay, brother, here it comes. Turn I'm sideways. Doing I'm doing it, yeah. I tell him to turn sideways, man. He went straight up and straight up the thumb. Hey, we, we've been going 15 minutes. I was sweaty and everything, right? Oh. I know. And then boom, when I hit it, Chavo, it was the whole freaking thing erupted. Came That's back, awesome. he sold it, laid down, and said, Give me the bonsai now. He didn't even bump anymore. He just slid in position. I That's gave it. him the bonsai one, two, three. Before that was on a Sunday. The following Monday, it was boring on Monday Night Raw. Well, well, you can't get him any higher than that right there. It's finished. Ah. Just go home right there. That's it. We, uh, Eddie, a story with me and Eddie. So, you know, I had taken stink face, Eddie had taken stink face. And one time, I don't know what it was. We, we did the double stink face, but we realized real fast because if I was a single stink yeah. face in the middle, I got the butt right, the butthole right in my face. <laughs> but if it was the double, I just got the cheeks. Yeah. So every time, I don't know if you noticed, I'm sure you did, but we were like, hey man, why don't we do the double stink face? Like we'll no. both, like I'll go down and then I'll, then I'll, he'll come down and we'll do the double. Yeah, yeah, all right. And we're like, <laughs> that was us going, all right, cool, cool. But you guys, you guys are always, you guys were always smart. That's what I think about the Guerreros. They can come with a finish to the Guerreros. The Guerreros are switching up like they're getting the same thing, but they're they're not. <laughs> That's right, totally. And it was even better. I mean, people popped yeah. even more, and it was better for everybody. I remember, like, sometimes, like, at uh, we'd be at house shows or, or even sometimes at TVs, and, mm. you know, you know, sometimes you guys would go over, like, the, the match, the, the TV's done, but you're still in the ring doing stuff. Yeah. And then we would just start running in and yeah. taking, you know, taking finishes and stuff. And I remember that. I go, oh, that's it. I'm, I'm running in. I'm taking, because you were in the ring and, and <laughs> you were getting stick facing everybody. And then I came in and you gave me a big super kick or whatever. I go, super yeah. kick, boom, right in the corner, boom. And you just did that turn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was so fun, man. Yeah, it was, you had, and those are some of the best times, man. I miss those times. It was so, I mean, well, we all did our thing back in the day, man. You know, I went through a phase where they brought different talent, you know, after my matches that we'd all dance. For me, that was fun because we never see, you know, different talent dance. Right. And this right. was a time to kind of showcase their dancing skills. And man, I'd sit there, I was just, I watched Devon and Bubba dance. I was like, damn, Bubba can dance and Devon can't, but Devon's black and Bubba's white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
what the hell's wrong with this here? <laughs> right, right. And then Bill, we would be overseas, and then you'd finish the shows with you in the ring, and yeah. we'd all be in the ring, and we'd start doing some dancing with you. Oh man, it was so it was people pop so yeah. much. They not nobody the show's over. Nobody left. There'd be ten thousand people. They're still sitting there, get just dance, getting just dancing and watching the show. It was so great, man. That's that. So that's that magic that you want to find, right, Charles? That's right. That's right. When that's you right. find that magic right there, that's when you know, okay, I finally, I finally, I'm finally in here now, you know? That's it. And so at the end of the day, man, it's just, you know, people that are out there in this industry, you know, we talk about our stories and hopefully the, the listeners that are listening can take something away from this. Like right. it's, it's fun memories for us, it's sad memories, it's hard memories. But at the end of the day, you never quit, man. You never quit. You have that knowledge and you take that knowledge with you that's given to you and utilize it to be able to move forward. Right. Right. Yeah. Brother, you and I could talk all day. I know it. And this would be a three hour podcast. So maybe we'll do a part two. But before we leave on suplex and services, is uh, we always do a, um, a rapid fire question things at the end. And uh, basically, there's no right or wrong answer. I, I ask you a couple of some few questions and you, you know, tell me which one you like better, or which one you don't. It's just for your fans to get to know you better. You down? All right. I'm down. All right, man. Okay. So um, were you being a wrestler? And I like ask all wrestlers the same ones. Were you a Cracker Barrel guy or were you a Waffle House guy? Waffle House. Waffle House, man. We were on the road, man, like crazy. And <laughs> that was a savior, right? Yep. Okay. So were you are you uh you like rather like being a heel or a baby face? Heel. Heel on the same way, bro. I love it. It's easier. Easier. Well, when you're when you're a baby face, you got people cheering you, but there's always those assholes in the front row that are like uh <laughs> you still suck, you know, and you're like, but hey, yeah. you're supposed to like me, you know, <laughs> right? But when yeah. you're a heel, everybody's chanting, you know, Chavo sucks or Rikishi sucks. Yeah. And there's always a few people going, yeah, we like the heels, but it was so easy to turn them against me. I'd look at them and go, yeah, I'm good. I don't need your help. Well, yeah. tell, your mom, tell your mom I want my underwear back, you know. <laughs> right? And then they'd all hate you. It was... Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you a beer or wine guy? Uh, hmm. I'm a wine guy. Wine. All right. Yeah. Were you a, uh, a you could, you're you're my age, so were you a, a Arnold a Arnold Schwarzenegger guy or a, a Sylvester Stallone guy? Ooh, First Blood, Sylvester First, Stallone. Yeah, man, was one, one of favorite. my favorite movies. Me too, me too. Yeah, all right, man. You like you love music, and you're a good rapper yourself. Uh, are you Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. Tupac, straight up, right? West, West Coast. West Coast. West Coast. Yeah. Um, were you a, in that same genre, were you a Prince or Michael Jackson guy? <laughs> there it is. MJ, Michael Jackson. Right? Uh, okay. Were you a Ali or Tyson? Ali. Ali, man. I'll tell you what. As much the as I love Mike, and Mike was killing it, but it's mm. got, even he says he loved Ali, you know? The goat. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, growing up, were you? Uh, did you like the NWA better or the WWF better? WWF. Okay. Um, are you a classic car guy or a new car guy? Classic. Classic. That's right. I'm saying, man, the classic. Sixty-four right. Chevy Impala. I got the six-three, man. I, got I the know 63 it. Three SS Impala convertible, baby. Yes, sir. And uh, last one, are you? Uh, 
an MMA or boxing guy? Hmm. I, I'm a boxer. We're all because we're all fans of the square circle. Anything that happens in the in, in the rings, we're kind of yeah. That, that's kind of yeah. a tough one for me. Right, right. Uh, I'm gonna have to just. Uh, Cut that through the middle. <laughs> middle, yeah, 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 right, you you know? Know? yeah, 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 totally, brother, dude. It's been so awesome talking to you. Yep. What? Tell them what they got going on now. I know you got you got Knox Pro, your training yeah. facility, right? Yeah. So you know, I'm. Uh, you guys can stop by. We run a, a wrestling academy. It's KnoxPro.com. That's K-N-O-K-X-P-R-O.com. And uh, also, we got a few live shows that are coming out. Um, and it'll be July the 17th and I'll put it out on my social media. You guys can follow me on IG at Rikishi, the verified page also at the real Rikishi on Twitter and also Rikishi on Facebook, all verified. So make sure you can follow all the updates. You can just go to our website, knoxpro.com. That's K N O K X P R O.com. And you see all the info. If you, think you have what it takes to be a professional wrestler i want you to stop by we're here in los Santos, right here in van nuys uh, california and just you know stop by i'll give you a free day tryout and then we'll go from there but and and their shows are excellent man i've been a part of a couple, few of those shows yep. and, and really really good shows quality wrestling you got you put in a great product bro you really do yeah you could just have them you know we run every tuesday night we actually have a uh, show uh, every Tuesday on Facebook Live and on uh, me, I'm sorry, on Twitch at Knox mm. Pro. Awesome. And so all, a lot of, uh, you know, with the pandemic that hit, Chavo, you know, mm. a lot of the independent kids, it wasn't having a place to go work because no promoters was That's taking right. a chance. So what we did, we'd open up our platform for a lot of independent kids to come out here and to get, you know, shine the light on them. And then we stream it live on, on Twitch, uh, on our Knox Pro account. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, my life now to sum it up is just to be able to give him back to the business and having these kids understand the ins and outs of professional wrestling and just to hope to, uh, uh, to be able to fulfill their dream and uh, to kind of utilize uh, uh, what they have today to their best advantage. But, you know, they got to understand it's not what they see on TV. We're not PlayStation wrestlers, you know, that ring and that three-quarter plywood that steel pose, it hurts. You know, a lot of us has been damaged, you know, from our bodies, from broken bones. Uh, But for these kids, they need to understand what it is to be able to survive this industry. You're going to teach them right. If anybody listen here and you want to get trained correctly, you give Knox Pro a call. You get Mm -hmm. to be in the ring with Rikishi and his his trainers. And uh, they are, they're A-class, first-class pros for sure. You got your uh, your your brands, your Samoan Dynasty, and your Ultimate Oose. Who can yep. get that? They can just go on the same website. Every everything is at knoxpro.com. Okay. Just go down to, to the shop, and it's just that one stop shop and the website. And you know everything you want to know about the Dynasty and and Knox Pro. And brother, I got to tell you, congratulations on the Hall of Fame, the WWE Hall of Fame class of what 2015. Thank you, Javo. Yeah. Bro, when you Thank got you. it, man, it was like all of us get it, man. We're like, yes. Yeah. One of our yeah. boys, man. So great, man. Love it, brother. I love you, brother. Thank you so much for taking the time jumping on the podcast with me, Suplex and Cervezas. And uh, people love it because it's like us being in, uh, they're, they're like in the backseat on, on a road, road trip, you know? So I appreciate you jumping on with me, man, and shooting the shit because 
man, we don't get to hang out as much as we, uh, we'd like anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here. You know where to find me, Uso. And again, congratulations on all your success. Congratulations on the show. And also in Hollywood, man. You know, keep knocking them doors down and keep doing what you're doing. I love you, man. Thanks. I love you too, man. Thank you again. And one last thing. Viva la raza. Get his pedo.